Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And if you want to go beyond the podcast and connect with our community of like-minded vegan entrepreneurs, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com where you can get support with your vegan business. You can study our vegan marketing course and get access to both me and Lisa and just be part of this wonderful community of vegan business people just like you. And actually, I tell you what, Instead of me telling you how great Vegan Business Tribe is, do you mind if I just hand over to some of our members to tell you instead? So, over to you, Tribe. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Gareth. Hi, I'm Jackie, and we are from global animal rights non-profit organisation, Vegan FTA. Hey, I'm Ed. I'm Tash. And we are bred in Whistler, Canada, BC. Hi, I'm Kevin from Humane Wallow Solutions. I want to give a big shout out to Dave and Lisa at the Vegan Business Tribe. Hi there, um, my name's Laura. I am a GP and lifestyle medicine doctor and recently starting out on a new exciting project called Plant Based Health Online. In doing so, I was really lucky to be connected with Lisa and Dave because I had no idea about marketing. The Vegan Business Tribe website's full of information, a forum where you can connect with other vegan businesses in your own time. They've got courses and events and, of course, the podcast. The Vegan Business Tribe podcast gives me lots of extra information to help me run my business successfully, which means that I have more time to look after these guys. When we joined Vegan Business Tribe, we met this amazing community of other entrepreneurs. Lisa and David are really supportive. They welcomed us in. We're part of this big family now. All the trainings are really helpful and they are super efficient with responding and connecting us with anyone that might be able to help us. We want to say a big thank you to David and Lisa for helping us to basically realise our work. Yeah, if it wasn't for Vegan Business Tribe, we, we wouldn't have realised how much we need to get out there and help ourselves and believe in the worth and the work that we are doing. And with their help, you know, it's, it's just through a short discussion that we found out what we need to be doing in order to go forth uh, into the next year and really take things to the next level we're not playing around anymore we're getting serious with it so i took their marketing course which i did and the first instance i just read through it really quickly and kind of bombed my way through the different modules and then went back to revisit it and when i knew a bit more about marketing and it really was amazing because i like i said knew nothing about marketing and one of the most amazing things about it was the support that i got from both lisa and dave in their networking groups but also in the module itself being able to type any questions or comments and then get feedback really quickly from dave that was really helpful and i would highly recommend anyone wanting to start a vegan business or if you already have a vegan business to check out the Vegan Business Tribe to help your business do better. So we definitely recommend joining the network and taking the marketing course as well. There's loads of nuggets in there. I can learn about LinkedIn while I'm out on the run. Um, I definitely recommend it to everybody for for a value of money. It's absolutely amazing. Lisa and David, thank you so much. 
you are just fabulous people and you know, hopefully with your help 2021 will be the year that uh, being an FTA really comes into its own. Thanks so much guys. Thanks guys. And just to repeat, that was our wonderful members, Jackie and Gareth from Vegan FTA based in New Zealand, Natasha and Ed from Bread in Whistler, Canada, Kevin from Humane Wildlife Solutions up in Scotland, Dr. Laura from Plant-Based Health Online, and Susan, or Pigeon Sue as she's known, from Little Green Pigeon here in the UK. And I can't thank you guys enough for sending in those video testimonials, just telling us what being members of Vegan Business Tribe has meant to you. And if you want to watch the video versions instead, then just head over to the testimonials page on the website to see all their lovely, happy, smiling little vegan faces. And the reason that getting those video testimonials really cheered Lisa and me up so much is because wherever you are in the world, it's been a challenging couple of years. We were hit with a global pandemic. We've all been cut off from each other. And that's had a real impact on pretty much everyone's lives and businesses. And we've really had to go looking for silver linings from the situation, which has been, and we mustn't forget this, it's been a real tragedy for millions of people around the world. But those silver linings, they have been there. The amount of people I've met that have started up their own vegan businesses as a result of a pandemic is amazing. And it just shows real resilience. After all, if you can build a successful business during a pandemic, then that really sets the foundations for the future. And whereas some businesses, they were completely wiped out by the changes the pandemic brought, and especially those in hospitality and entertainment, but others... They've discovered whole new ways of doing business and whole new customer bases. For some, the world getting turned upside down is what they needed for all the pieces of their business to fall in place. And this was demonstrated really strongly when Lisa and I went to our local vegan cafe, which is the Peppercorn in Huddersfield. And hello, Alex, and your daughter, if you're listening. And we went there once everything had been allowed to reopen again after the first coronavirus lockdown in the UK. And as you know, if you've got a local vegan cafe, you get to recognise the regulars. And they're just great places to find other vegans in your area. And as we were waiting for our order, we were chatting with the owner, Alex, as we always do when we drop in. And I asked her how business had been since they reopened their doors. And she told me something really insightful. She told me that business had been booming since they reopened, but they were all people that she hadn't seen in the cafe before. Some people were even politely putting their head around the door. They were apologising that they were not vegan, but asking if it was still okay if they ate there. After the pandemic lockdown, Alex saw a big increase in non-vegans wanting to eat at a vegan cafe. So what's going on here? And I assure you that the food at the Peppercorn, it is amazing. But why were so many non-vegans flocking to a vegan cafe after being locked down for so long? Well, it's not just vegan calves. A study by the Vegan Society in the UK found that one in five people, and that's 20%, have cut down on eating meat 
during the pandemic. And that wasn't just because animal products were harder to get in those early days of a pandemic when supermarket shelves were empty from panic buying. People were stating reasons such as health, environment and animal welfare. Now we know that COVID-19 is a zoonotic disease, or rather it's transferred from animals, usually by eating them, or as a result of farming or wildlife trading. And three quarters, so three out of four, of the world's new infectious diseases, they emerged this way. SARS, MERS, bird flu, Ebola, AIDS, and now COVID-19 have all come from animals. In Germany, coronavirus outbreak in meat processing plants resulted in a third of people who were surveyed in the country saying they were planning to reduce their meat consumption because of this. If a pandemic has done anything positive for the animal rights movement, it has made a lot more people examine their relationships with animals, and this is now playing out in the food and the products they are buying. The seeds of all this change, however, they'd already been planted before the pandemic. Half of all UK adults who were surveyed said they'd already adopted some form of vegan buying behaviour without identifying as being vegan or even vegetarian. And that might be having meat-free days or choosing plant milk over dairy milk. And this was from research that World Vegan Day did back in 2017. And one of my favourite posts that I ever saw in a vegan Facebook group was a builder. And he was complaining that all the lads kept stealing his oat milk for their cups of tea when working at a building site. The typical ideas that we have about who is and isn't a customer for vegan products, it's just changing. And I've talked about the size of a vegan and plant-based marketplace in other podcast episodes. In fact, go listen to episode 10, where I do a full half hour on the size of the market for vegan products. But what we've been seeing in the research for the last few years is now really playing out on the shelves. The pandemic has supercharged the vegan and plant-based marketplace. And in the discussions I've had with some of the larger food manufacturers, they've said, if anything, it's brought the market forwards by probably two years. Ethan Brown, the founder of Beyond Meat, revealed in an interview with CNBC that a staggering 93% of their Beyond Burger customers were not vegan. They weren't even vegetarian. They were meat eaters who were just looking to eat less meat. And this was one of the first clear cases of a meat alternative actively taking spend away from the meat industry. Their competitors, Impossible Foods, they've also released similar statistics from their customer polling, showing that up to 95% of the people buying their products are also meat eaters. And I know that a lot of vegans don't like to buy these kind of meat replacement products or these fake meats as they're known, and I'm one of them. Lisa and I, we tried out the Impossible Burger when it first came to vegan campout and we struggled to eat them. Now, don't get me wrong, they were great burgers. They were just too close to the real thing for someone who hasn't eaten meat for about eight years. But that's fine because I know that we're not the target customer. And although a lot of vegans do eat fake meat, 
The longer someone has gone without eating meat, the less they want these kind of alternatives. However, if you can offer someone the opportunity to move to a plant-based diet without actually having to change their eating habits, then it might not be amazing for their health. But I tell you, that's amazing for the animals. And this is what we're seeing more of. The team at Impossible, they're now turning their technical talents to developing Impossible milk that is indistinguishable from dairy, but without the need for a cow. It tastes just like real dairy milk. Now, go back just even five years ago, and there just would not have been the demand for this kind of product. And it would have been a real labour of love to bring something like that to market. And remember that it took Oatly 15 years to get their product onto a supermarket shelf. But the surge of interest in reducing our use of animals in the food chain following the pandemic, that's allowed Impossible to double their R&D budget into developing Impossible Milk. Brands that would have been laughed off the high street have found that they're selling out. Rudy's Vegan Butcher, they opened in North London on World Vegan Day 2020, and they sold out their entire inventory in their first day. They took over 100 online orders in the first 10 minutes, with long queues outside their door before they even opened. And let me tell you, that kind of demand, that can't all be from vegans. There just isn't enough. This is plant-based hitting the mainstream, to the extent that Rudy's Vegan Butchers, they've now opened their second location in Selfridges' flagship department store on Oxford Street. Supermarket giant Sainsbury's has also announced that it's closing its meat and fish counters amongst declining meat sales, and it's now trialling stocking meat alternative products, such as plant-based sausages and burgers, next to the animal products in a number of stores. And again, as a vegan, I don't really want my vegan products thrown in with the bodies of dead animals. I have made that connection with where my food comes from, and I don't want to have to reach over the butchered remains of an animal that desperately wanted to live when I'm in the supermarket. But if we're going to capitalise on the current interest and get more people to move away from meat, then you can argue that the meat section is the logical place for meat alternatives to get noticed and bought. The message for companies looking to develop new product lines is clear. Plant-based is no longer the niche micro-sector that it was 10 years ago, or even 24 months ago. Vegan has now broken into mainstream buying behaviour, even though, at the most optimistic counts, only 2-3% of people identify as vegan. But what started as a trend is now becoming a new normal, and it will only continue one way. Because once a consumer starts adopting plant-based buying behaviours, they expose themselves to a whole range of studies, information and campaigning, which then influences their behaviour to move even further away from animal products. That's how the internet works. <laughs> One moment you find yourself googling how to make cupcakes without using dairy, and the next thing, YouTube is suggesting an Earthling Ed or Joey Carbstrong video to watch. Over half a million people signed up to the Veganuary Challenge in 2021 to eat plant-based for a month, 
compared to 400,000 in 2020 and 250,000 in 2019. And these consumers who are right at the start of eating plant-based, they will likely choose a different type of product to someone who's been vegan for much longer. And this is why it is important to develop familiar like-for-like replacement products for people who are new to eating meat alternatives. Give them something that they can still cook in the same way, throw on the grill in the same way, and it will give them a similar familiar result. But it's also why other companies are developing more innovative alternatives to meat, which really stand out as an exciting new choice for more established vegans, vegetarians and flexitarians. Take Better Nature, who are stocked in hundreds of shops across the country. They produce tempeh, which is made into cubes and mints and rashers that don't try to mimic the taste and texture of meat, but they can be thrown into your dish and prepared in the same simple way as cooked meat can. And because of this move in customer buying behaviour, it's become really important that manufacturers and retailers understand these complex plant-based buying decisions. Those companies that took the early lead on understanding vegan, they've seen huge results in return. Greg's Bakery Stores released their annual report in 2019, showing that the launch of their vegan sausage roll helped drive a surge in customer numbers. It generated a 15% rise in pre-tax profits. And as part of that, it's worth pointing out that Greg's did a lot of behind-the-scenes research in their product development. They launched their vegan products with different patterns on top to distinguish them to both the customer and the server in the store. I mean, how many times have you asked for the vegan option and then come back and asked the server if they were sure that they gave you the right one after you've taken a bite out of it? It's the little things like this that demonstrates they understand vegan. And I've seen the operation procedures that they have in place. I've spoken with their team about the training they had on handling and serving vegan products. And other companies, they've launched into the vegan market without this clear understanding. They've got it very wrong and faced a resulting consumer backlash. And I'm mentioning no names, but I'm sure that you could name as many brands as I can who have got vegan wrong. So, all this is truly great, and it's good just to pause and take a look at how the landscape has changed over the last couple of years in regards to plant-based. An unexpected upside of a pandemic, and if we're being honest, we really need to find some upsides after the last couple of years. But one is that the number of consumers questioning the food on their plates and the products on their skin, it's massively increased. But what does this actually mean for vegan businesses? Well, as vegan companies, we are already experts in this marketplace and so many of us forget that. We understand the ethics and the little behaviours that the big brands are still catching up on. But they will catch up. Make no mistake on that. These are companies who have survived for a very long time by knowing what a customer wants to buy before they do. 
And whilst we saw the head of McDonald's say in an earnings call with investors that they don't particularly do hobbies. So in other words, he was saying that they don't cater for what they call trend eating. We've got other fast food chains and QSRs, such as Burger King, publicly stating that they're working towards a 50% plant-based menu. We are constantly seeing more and more huge entries into the vegan marketplace from Mars to Land Rover. But what they don't have is your passion to create a fairer, cruelty-free vegan world. These large brands, they are actively changing the landscape and they're making it easier than ever for customers to go plant-based. And as vegan businesses, we can all use that. These large brands, they're reacting to pressure and demand from customers. Vegan businesses, on the other hand, we're leading with that change. And again, earlier, I mentioned Better Nature Tempeh. Their co-founder, Chris, told me that they're driven by their love for people, the planet and animals. They want to provide protein without compromise. And as a vegan business, you can combine your passion and ethics with this changing landscape to create vegan products and services that draw people further along their vegan journey. And what I would say is that if you make a vegan product or have a vegan service that people passionately care about and support, then you've never had a bigger available audience than you've got right now. And if you've been sitting on the fence about launching a vegan product or about really pushing your business, then now is the time to hop down off that fence and get serious about it. The pandemic has devastating as it has been to all of us, it has moved the plant-based market forwards by at least two years, if not more. There has never been so much interest in veganism as there is right now. And you may find a valuable new market of non-vegan customers who are taking those initial steps to reducing their reliance on animal products. You can connect with them. You can educate them and you can help them along that journey like the big brands never will. Remember, a fast food brand launching a vegan burger has no wish to turn its customers vegan because they still make most of their money from selling animal products. But for many people, that first time ordering a vegan burger instead of one made from animal is their first step towards plant-based. But it's also a massive change in buying behaviour. To get them to that point, a lot of things have had to happen. First, they need to have been convinced to try a new kind of product, which they'll have had a lot of preconceptions about. But part of that drive to try a plant-based product will be a concern, some kind of emotional driver, either about their health, their impact on the environment, or now, as we're seeing, the impact of diseases coming from animals in the food chain. 
But then there are also other things riding on that decision. Maybe they're buying food for a family meal that evening and they don't want to have to cook the meal a second time if their partner or their children rejects what's put on their plate. And maybe it's going to cost them a lot more to buy meat alternatives in the supermarket because they're looking at branded products. And all these things are decisions that, as a small vegan business with a restricted budget, you're fighting against. As a smaller vegan brand, you will struggle to convince a meat eater to try your vegan product. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. However, the supermarkets and the big brands, they can influence customers. It's what they're good at. The amount of marketing, advertising and in-store promotions that someone like Sainsbury's Supermarket can do to get someone to try their new meat alternative, it's immense. So let them do that work for you. Let the big brands give someone their first experience of plant-based with their glossy, unhealthy, branded and expensive like-for-like product because this will then open up that customer to trying more. Getting someone to change their buying habits when you're an unknown brand, it's difficult. So let the big brands start customers on that journey for you. Because... As more and more people bring vegan buying behaviours into their everyday life, they soon realise two things. First, they find themselves spending more. And second, they're not necessarily eating that well. Many large brand plant-based alternatives are still nutritionally very poor. They're full of oils and fats. And let's just all agree right now that vegan junk food is getting seriously out of hand. But jumping back to this first point about spending more, the vegan aisle, as I like to call it, or the fruit and veg aisle, as everybody else calls it, it's the cheapest aisle in the supermarket. But this isn't usually what people think of when they think about eating plant-based. And I've had conversations with brand managers of big multinational food manufacturers, and they have openly told me that vegan attracts a premium. They will happily charge more for plant-based products, not because they cost more to make, but because they know that customers will pay more. And if you have grown up with a brand, and now that you're vegan, you just can't have it anymore, then if that brand releases a vegan version, you will pay above the odds for it. That's what leads to a vegan galaxy chocolate bar selling out across the country at £3 a bar. But once these products become part of someone's weekly shop, it becomes really expensive and people then start to look for alternatives. It's then that people are open to try the vegan brands that they haven't heard of before. But first, many people had to start with something they knew and recognised before they were ready to try other products. So be there ready to welcome these people with what you produce. Once the sweep away from animal products and towards plant-based has already started to change people's buying behaviour. The hard work... It really is being done for you right now. Okay, 
I always wrap up by saying that this has been a really interesting topic, mainly because I like to finish with some energy. But this really has been an interesting topic to talk about. It is worthwhile just taking a moment to look at the change that is happening because you might not see it. You might have been vegan for years and maybe you make the majority of your food yourself. But we're seeing, living and working through a real shift in consumer behaviour. And it's rare that you see it happening so quickly and so obviously as it is now. Whether that's the rise of a vegan super brands like Oatly and Beyond Meat that just seem to take everyone by surprise, even though both those companies are 20 years old. Or by you being surprised yourself when your best friend and die-hard meat eater texts you to ask you what the best plant milk is for coffee. So let's just have a quick recap of some of the salient points that we've just gone through about the move away from meat and how the pandemic has turbocharged plant-based. Number one, one in five people, and that's 20%, have cut down on eating meat during the pandemic. And this isn't because products haven't been available. It's because the pandemic has led people to really examine our species' relationship with animals. Three out of four of the world's new infectious diseases have come from us eating animals, from farming animals, or from trading wildlife. Number two, before the pandemic, more than half of adults said they'd already adopted some form of vegan buying behaviour, but without identifying as vegan or even vegetarian. The pandemic... It supercharged that, with some people saying that the vegan and plant-based marketplace is being brought forward by two years. Number three, vegan butchers selling out within hours, supermarkets closing down their meat counters, vegan sausage rolls giving companies a 15% raise in pre-tax profits. These are all real indicators of how people's buying behaviours are changing. Four, these changes are meaning that the big brands are following the trend, as they always will do. It's why they are big brands. But don't fear that as a vegan business. Let them do all the hard work of convincing people to try plant-based and then pick up the customer when they start looking in more detail for something that is more ethical, more innovative, healthier, more cost-effective, or that just suits them better. Five, remember... A fast food chain selling vegan burgers has no wish to convert their customers to vegan because they still make most of their money from animals. As a vegan business, you can combine your passion and ethics with this changing landscape to create vegan products and services that draw people further along that vegan journey. You've never had a bigger audience for what you do than right now. Okay, what a time to be alive as a vegan. And I know people who've been vegan for more than half a century. And if I'd have told them that you can walk into almost any high street chain and have a selection of vegan options, they would never have believed it would happen in their lifetime. The move away from meat that we're seeing now 
it is just the start. En masse, people are starting to pay attention to how the food gets to their plate. And if there is one thing that we can thank coronavirus for, it is for turbocharging plant-based. So that is it. And as always, thank you for listening. You will never know how much I appreciate you giving up your time to listen each week. And if I can just ask you one last favour before you go. Now, Lisa and I, we founded Vegan Business Tribe because we don't think that vegan businesses should be the ones with a label. Why should we have to point out that our businesses don't cause cruelty or harm to animals? It should be the ones that do that have to carry a warning. And if you believe this as well, and you want to support us on this mission, then do go take a look at veganbusinesstribe.com, where you can join us, you can join our community, and you can join this mission too. I would love to see you there. Also, come and find and connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for David Pennell, two N's and two L's, and just let me know that you listen to this podcast when you send a connection request. So thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next one.